0: Welcome to the Hair Dry Treatment Podcast. We've got plenty to discuss this evening as another round of Premier League fixtures comes and goes, and the Rainer champions continue their march towards putting up the worst title defence in English Premier League history. I'm your host and resident Geordie Kieran, and today I'm joined by Chelsea and Radio's fan Luke, who calls Barby Army. <laughs> and Liverpool <laughs> fan Andy. I think Chelsea's defence was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no Steve tonight. I think uh, Steve's been feeling a little bit under the weather, so get well soon, mate. Uh, just the three of us tonight, but I'm sure we'll limp on. Anyway, another week of Premier League football has come and gone as Manchester City continued their dominance, stretching their win and run to 21 games in all competitions. Liverpool's loss to Chelsea sees them fall to seventh in the Premier League table, while injury hit Newcastle United's shocking form leaves Steve Bruce under severe pressure from the fans as the club sit just three points above the drop zone. Uh, Liverpool lost again this week, obviously, as Chelsea bagged a 1-0 win at Anfield to make it five consecutive home losses in the league.
1: Uh, Andy, when does a poor run become a full-blown crisis? Um, I think we are edging towards that already and I think it's so hard to tell because it is a season like no weather. It's, I think people forget that we were top of Christmas day so I think it's just been a really bad two months so I, I do think People need to take that into a little bit of context. However, it is being obviously the most league games you've lost ever at Anfield in a row. Um, I think it's yeah. I, I do fear it could be a bit like the Dortmund end of Klopp's time at Dortmund. And that's my fear. Um, but I do think be, I think a true test would be when everyone's back fit. When that will be, I don't know. But I think yeah, yeah I,
0: I, you've it, got it, you've got to look at your last, five, your last six fixtures, though, Andy. You're looking at uh, five losses and one win. In mm. six games That's mm. uh, It's not good enough Let's be in Liverpool have lost no, it's
1: eight, not really eight games this season No it, it's, it's not good And I think that Obviously we've lost more In the last Four or five games Than we had in the last two years In the last two previous seasons combined So I do It, it is worrying because It is a massive drop off from form think we were up to four points Clear of Man City on Christmas Day And now to be I, I think it must be at least 10-15 points behind them now Um is, is a worry, is a worry. but I, I I still I still have very much faith that it is just a blip. I do think we will get it right at some point, whether that's this season, next season, that's not for you to say. But I do think whilst we're still in the Champions League, I wouldn't say it's a full-on crisis. Should we lose to Leipzig 3-0 or something, or should we get knocked out the next round and we continue to struggle in the league, I think then, yeah, potential crisis. But, um, yeah, I, I still think it's maybe slightly too early to call it a crisis just yet, but we are sort of edging on, edging on those territories, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. Where do you come down on that? Because Liverpool go from winning the league to at a counter to sitting seventh in the league in, in mid March is not good enough. And I, like, I think a lot of people already are. Like a lot of neutrals are already starting to label it as a crisis. I mean, mm. would you do so? And if if you do, what are, what's the impact of that?
2: I think it is. Crisis now. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I I strongly felt as if last night was a bit of a must-win game for Liverpool, just to get them back on a, a, a you know a bit of an even keel again. Um, for me at least, I, I think one of the biggest things that struck me last night was, I think Thiago needs a lot more help in midfield. If you're going to play the sort of system the court wants, and we keep touching on this, but I think it's really interesting from a tactical point of view. You're, you're going to have to have a lot more dynamism in your midfield. It's not working for them right now. They're not dominating games, and um, no wonder Salah looked like his head was—you know—he was peeved when he got substituted. But you know, they, they can play all the pretty football they want, but they've got to have an end product at the end of it, and they've got to dominate games. Yeah, they dominated some of the possession, and the possession stats were like 56-44 or something like that. But, but honestly, we could have won three or four-nothing last night because there were so many good chances that we had. And, and we made better use of the ball overall. Um, you should have won two, <laughs>
0: Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. But um, I, I, I do think that, you know, because we were having the chat, actually, on the group chat last night about about Thiago and stuff. Now, I, I think he's great. I think he's a great player. But you cannot rely on him alone to run your midfield for you. Uh, you, yeah. you've got to have a couple of dynamic players beside them and I just don't think, I don't see that right now at the moment um, and I think that is the root of the problem uh, between that and, and the centre-backs I just, I'm not convinced by Fabio at centre-back, sorry, I'm just not convinced at all um, I I think any decent centre-back would have stopped that goal from uh, Mason Mount last night Yeah, because they, they let him have a free shot and, and it, it, it was a great goal, don't get me wrong he took it amazingly um, but you shouldn't be getting a chance to, to to do that at this level. So I think that's where the, the problems are. It, it, it is really through the middle of the park um, and, and also the lack of a real talisman it is really mm. hurting Liverpool right now. And I don't... This could He's easily honest. become a bit He's of a tailspin. spin. He does. Yeah. he does. He does. Well,
0: he, was, he had a great chance. Yesterday. He had a great chance of it. I think it was Trent played an absolutely beautiful mm. ball mm. over the top, mm. right onto mm. his foot, like... What
2: ten he yards to
0: goal, and yeah. he just missed the ball completely. Just air kicks it. Like that I was like the three, yeah. four months ago. Sadio Mane buries that. Mm. Oh,
2: first time, first time, not even, yeah. not even having yeah. to touch it. And and you know there was no one more glad that I was that he made an absolute howler of it because I was genuinely a little bit worried that you know something like that would happen. Liverpool at times played some lovely football. Um, I, I, you know, like I said before, I do think the criticism of Thiago is is a little bit unfair because he's a he's a really good player, but he's not dynamic. You know, he's not he's not the kind of guy that's going to run for ninety minutes. He's he's the guy that'll you get you get him the ball and he's like the quarterback who you know find the right pass and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you need dynamic players. Like you're going to miss Henderson big time. Mm, you know, that that's the biggest issue, really. It's a crisis. Let's not make no any bones about it. When you're a big club and you're expected to win the title, this is nowhere near good enough. They they could they could totally lose out in, in the Champions League places. I, I'd I'd even say as far it goes far as saying, I think it's in serious doubt now. To be honest, sorry, Steve. You know, and, and you know, I, I sound mm. like Steve sort of being super harsh about it, but it's it's more realistic, I think, Andy. You know, difficult. Call. Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it, it's hard because. We haven't got our, our full strength team there. I mean, we are missing some big players. I mean, I know we've obviously got mm. Jota back now, we've had Fabinho back, but we've had Fabinho, Henderson, um, Van Dyke, we've had Allison missing for a game or two, obviously for compassionate reasons. Um, and obviously but the thing is as well, is the attack that's a problem as well. And I think that he's my favourite player for me, you know but I think so many times he's played some nice football, but he's never in the box. He's always either Depo always to the right or the left, and I do think well, that's, never been him, an issue.
0: It... that's never really been an issue before because he's always played like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I mean, Jota made fair. a
2: difference. Jota made the difference when he came on. I yeah, think. Well, um, but Firmino is not producing what he needs to at the moment, mm. and honestly, I'd, I'd be he'd be one of the first ones I'd bench without a doubt. Absolutely, that's... no question. I still play that, him. I still
1: play him. Do not, you think
0: this? Well, why, not. What's the point if he's not doing? If he's not getting what you want out of him? Do you not think that there's a little bit of a, um, an issue with maybe the midfield and him not getting the same support from the midfield? You're not getting those burst and runs into the box mm-hmm. from the midfield that you were getting like last year. Yeah. Like, I, I seem to remember mm. Genie Rinaldin was very good at it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's one of the good things that we had with Sabina and Henderson is that. Henderson does a lot of such so much good things off the ball that no one notices and Fabinho is really good at mopping up the ball and getting it straight to the attack even Van Dijk as well how many times you see Van Dijk do that long ball up to Mane or long ball up to Salah I think we are we are missing those kind of those kind of things in our team and I think that um, this is why I don't think it's a four on crisis because I think next season I think I also think next season we can have a good season because we'll have all our players back fit. Um, we we'll have players playing in the right positions as well. We, we could easily buy someone in the summer as well, which could really boost our attack. Um, and I think obviously we'll have people like Van Dijk back as well. So and, and yes. fans. Support. So um, I think for me, I still find it hard to call crisis when we've got so many players out out injured. And of course, we, I think the, the confidence has gone as well. That's something that everyone people should talk. About. I think the confidence is gone. I think we're in really bad on the form. When we're not, we're not getting the results right now. And I think we are just lacking confidence at the moment. Um, but I will say, obviously, the, the, the bad, bad the form started is pretty much not long after um, Jota got injured. So I do think him being back maybe may make a difference. I think having Cater back in the team will be good if he stays fit. Um, so I, I'm still confident we can get top four. Uh, but I will say, I'd rather finish ninth than finish fifth. I don't want to play in Europa League next season. at all.
2: I've got a question for you then. Right. So two questions. First of all, if you do miss out in a Champions League, what does that mean for your recruitment? Because people will not want to join Liverpool if they're not making a Champions League. And, and secondly, do you think that that mean Klopp, uh, means Klopp means goes? And by the way, you're not getting Stevie G just to throw that in there. There's no. Do- no, there. I
1: think I saw sort of things too early for Stevie G. Um, <laughs> I, there's absolutely no way I go, and unless you got relegated, there's absolutely no way I'd want to see Klopp go. Um, yes, oh, I, well, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, because
0: I think that... So next season, you, it gets to Christmas, you 11th, you've been knocked out of the Champions League, you're not in the League Cup anymore, um, and your only remaining chance at winning or doing anything is by going and having a run in the FA Cup. It's Christmas. Uh, it's around Christmas, New Year time. That's your situation. You're happy with that. You're well, happy, because... you're happy with your manager if that's the situation.
1: Well, considering what I, I think for what he's done over the years... I think this is why it was harsh to get rid of Ranieri, harsh to get rid of Pochettino as well. I think for what Klopp's done over the years, I think it's really hard to then justify. Yes, I know mean, he's had a bad start, but we we, we even saw it with Dortmund they, they were they were they were in a relegation at one point, turn around, finished seventh, won a German Cup. Um, so I, I think that for me, I I obviously it comes to a point where you would have to, but I I I think it take a, I think it would take a lot for Klopp to get sacked. Myself, I, I think so. And I think recruitment wise, I think um, maybe players playing with playing these players like Van Dijk, Mane, Salah, I think maybe would attract players. Maybe the, the, the history of the club, um, sort of the, the playing under the clock because the Klopp's still a very likable guy, and I think he's well respected across the world of football. So I do think maybe that would attract players. And also the Premier League, yeah. if, they've not, if, they, if they want a new challenge, if they've played in say the French league or German league, and they want to play, come to England, big club like yeah. Liverpool comes calling. Andy, the history of the club is not going to sign you, Killian and babby and Erling Haaland. I'm not saying, saying we'll get them. them. I'm, I'm not saying we'll get them, but I do think this is why Man U is still getting players despite finishing outside of Champions League. Bruno Flanders still went to Man U despite them being in a really bad place. But that's because Man U is a massive club, and I think it's the same with us. I think this is why we can still we can still attract players. Nothing. We, we're gonna be we're gonna be competitive with like Madrid or Barca for certain players, or PSG for that matter, or Bayern. But I do think we can still get players through, through um, the through history of our club, um, how we've been the last few years as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I think. I think mm. on the
0: um, on the recruitment side of things, uh, Liverpool fans won't thank you for this, but you're not Manchester United. Manchester United no, no, no. are one I of was. the big, or one of the top three clubs in the world. They, Manchester United, are alongside Real Madrid and Barcelona as the three elite superpowers in world football. That's mm. why they can still attract the likes of Bruno Fernandes, despite the fact that they, um, well, aren't what they quite aren't quite what they used to be. Liverpool are a f- massive club, a huge club. You're still not on the level of Manchester United in that regard. Um, no, because...
1: no, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that absolutely. And you st-
0: uh, the other thing is, you don't have the financial muscle from what we've been led to believe. To... No, no.
1: To offer out the levels of wages and transfer fees that Man United yeah, do as well. So mm. no, we've never been like that. No, not at all. Cause even yeah, we've never at all been sort of a team that. And a lot of big signings we make are based on players we sold. Like Coutinho was sold for 150 million. That's how we bought Van Dyke and Allison. So um, yeah, we've never really been a club for massive money. And FSG had never been ones to have like massive fun compared to the likes of Man City and Man U and, sure. and Chelsea and people like that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's it, that's that,
2: that why I was asking the question actually because I think you know that maybe this is the, the, the situation where it starts sliding back down again. I, hmm. I would sell Salah, I would take the money for Salah this summer. Oh no, no, he, no, looks no. he looks unhappy. He looks unhappy. I I honestly and unsettled.
0: I think get, something something needs to give, doesn't it? Yeah, I I, I, I think maybe you have had your fun with the team that you've got. But I think you've got to start uh, maybe adapt and maybe evolve a little bit um, mm. and have selling Salah and replacing them with some hot young winger who's 22, 23 year old and the next big thing is what it takes. And that's what you should do. Mm. Most, yeah. most Salahs are one, like, like the Philip Coutinho sale. If you could go back and at the time, you didn't want Philip Coutinho to be sold, I'm assuming.
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: But if you could, knowing what you used the money from the Coutinho sale to do and what you just said in buying Van Dijk and Allison, if you could go back in time and stop that, would you?
1: No. <laughs> no, it's I wouldn't It's like as well, we um we sold Sterling and obviously no at the time, but we probably wouldn't have bought Mane if it wasn't for that. Mm. We probably wouldn't have needed to buy him because we, we already had if we, we'd already had Sterling so we wouldn't need to buy Marnie so I think that well, exactly that well, like yeah. you say
0: you, it, it's it's evolution you've done that incredibly well over the last five, six years mm. and you just need to continue doing it you just can't just hang on to the players because they've been good for you
1: mm. for a few years so. if, if you just need to evolve you know what I mean but we, we, we did so Suarez and get Balotelli and Mickey Lambert
0: yeah it's not it's not always been amazing i give you that. <laughs>
2: that's a name I've not heard in a while Ricky Lambert my
1: goodness oh, my Ricky Lambert goodness.
0: Ricky Lambert
1: i, I Steve would be very happy to hear his Ricky there,
2: he? Ricky
0: <laughs> yeah I'm just oh. one more question on Liverpool Andy Um, and that's if, when you look through social media in the games um at the minute, I'm tendin- I- I've noticed a bit of a pattern, and the players that tend to be getting the blame are Ozan Kabak and Thiago. The two things that those yeah. two players share are that they weren't part of the amazing title-winning team last yeah. season. Do you think that those two boys, that the newer boys, let's call them, um, are maybe getting scapegoated a little bit for not for the team not being as good as it was last year?
1: I think Thiago definitely is. I mean, I share the same opinions as Luke. I think that he's being harshly treated. I don't think he's as bad as people make out. I think he's still not at all. Yeah, his moments. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there is obviously that attachment, isn't there, to players that we've seen like likes of Salah, Mane, Firmino, like all these players we've seen over the last few years. There is that attachment to to local fans like myself that we 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 find it hard to really criticize these players. Um. But I will say Kabak. I definitely that's, that's justified. I, I've not been impressed so far, but I will say he's still young and he's still plenty of time for him to change all that. But right now, he's not been that good so far, but I am willing to mm. give him time because Vidic wasn't great when he first joined Man U. So I'm not saying he'll be mm. anywhere near as good as Vidic. Don't get me wrong, but I do know. Think that.
0: the thing is though, and this is why um, fans of clubs from the continent and from other uh, from other countries get annoyed at English fans and English football fans because Kabak mm. has come in and yes, he hasn't started particularly well, but he's getting all this abuse constantly on social media. Mm. That isn't gonna help. Or if or if anything, all that's gonna do is make it worse. Mm, Kabak yeah. should never have been signed as an as a Virgil van Dijk immediate replacement. Ozan no, Kabak no. is a man for the future.
1: That's, I think what, that's will- what
0: he was that that's what he was brought in. That that should have mm. been what he was brought in to do, but he was brought in to make an immediate impact. Um, people who know who was on is can see that he isn't that he wasn't that he's not Virgil Van Dijk, he's not going to be Virgil Van Dijk for a couple of years. For a, well, not to only ever get to that level, but he's got that level of ceiling. He's mm. just, he's not there yet. I, I I'm a Shouta fan and I watch I, I've watched him play a lot this season, and he makes a lot of mistakes. He does make mistakes, but you can see that there's an incredibly good centre off in there. Mm. Um, yeah, but. With a fan base who are on his back constantly, who are constantly giving him abuse, are we going to see that centre back at Liverpool? I don't know. But like I said, that's, that's the thing that annoys fans of clubs from Germany, France, Spain, maybe not Spain because they're just the same, um, about <laughs> English football fans. That's yeah. um, that's just my, uh, my two cents on that situation. What do you think, Steve? Uh, Steve, Luke? Well,
2: I think you've been a bit harsh
0: there. <laughs> 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 it wasn't a very good impersonation of Steve, was it? <laughs> yeah. um,
2: Patrick Thessel are brilliant, by the way, and I love Southampton
0: too. <laughs> anyway, that was it, that way. was it. Nailed it. By the way, he's gonna punch me
2: when he sees me. He's gonna punch me. <laughs> I'll deserve it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> I not I've completely forgot what I was actually answering. Do you know that? What was the What was the question again? Get <laughs> Just um, about um, Ozan Kabak and Thiago. The yeah. new boys are the yes. scapegoats. I think um,
2: we've talked about Thiago. Obviously, I I, I rate him. I, I think that uh, the problems more personnel around him. Um, he's not. He's not necessarily Mister Run all day. Um, oh, I don't know what to make. Of, of Quebec at all actually I just don't know what to make of him mm-hmm. I think he might have the makings of a good defender there but I just I'm not sure I see it right now so maybe maybe it's a year too early for him to be Chuck three in the team
0: I think if but, you look at where they've Europe no options signed him, yeah. I think if you look yeah. at what signed him every German football fan every German football analyst went there's a player in there but you're not going to get that player straight away you're not going to get a world class centre half straight away you haven't bought a world class centre half you've bought a young kid, yeah. with the potential yeah. to become a world class centre half. Yeah, and the thing is, Liverpool fans seem to be expecting a world class centre half to turn out on that on that pitch every weekend. There is
2: genuinely the expectation, I think, when when you are, you know, when, especially when you play for a big club like Liverpool, and you know, regardless of what Steve says, Liverpool are a big club, and there is that weight of expectation, and especially when you're going through a bit of a tricky period. Um, and 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 the easy targets are the ones that that end up, you know, um, the new guys to the club and stuff. They tend to be the easy targets anyway. Oh, I don't know what to make of him. I hope he comes good because I, I, I you know, you, you you always want to see the best for players, except if they play for Arsenal, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then there's then there's the other centre after as well. There's uh, there's Ben Davis who was yeah. brought who he, he was brought in at the same time as Kabak. Yeah. Um, to be perfectly honest, I thought Ben Davies was a was a young lad with a bright future ahead of him, but he's not. He's 25. Yeah. What? What? And yet he, he hasn't made an appearance yet. And if Ozan Kabak um, really isn't performing up to
1: snuff, then why hasn't Ben Davies made an appearance yet? I think he's injured, actually.
2: Is he? It might be, yeah, yeah, but it,
1: yeah. There was a game where Klopp said, oh, Ben Davies got a little knock in training. I think there was right. one game where he was meant to be playing. I forgot which game it was now, but I think Klopp said... He got yeah. a knock in training. But I do think that also, I think there's obviously all throughout the start the first six months, everyone was saying Liverpool need a centre-back, Liverpool need a centre-back. And the, a lot of Liverpool fans were expecting us to get a centre-back and him to be the fix. And that's it. Whereas obviously mm-hmm. he's come in and maybe we've not realised that he's, he, will, he needs time to that, especially not playing in the Premier League before and coming and from to, a different to be, country. To be perfectly honest, I think it's poor recruitment.
0: Because mm. what you needed to, because what, what you needed was somebody who was going to come in and mm. stabilise that by four immediately. Absolutely, that's what you the, needed. There's, um, you didn't need to go out we, and buy a young lad. Well, I'd have broke me.
2: the bank. We talked about this. I'd have broke the bank in January first of January. I'd have broke the bank. I'd have given away everything to get a <laughs> couple of good. Should have been banks.
0: given Daro Macano or something to think Just, about, and that in the likes of Kaladu Kulabali, Bali, etc., etc. That, that's
2: and, and this is the thing, because ultimately you were still in with a chance of winning a title at that point, and that is priceless in itself, right? And they should have done it. I think I think they dithered, and then they bought two guys who are clearly not up to muster, and, or, or not right now at least. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that is a massive blunder. I, I said that at the time, I said that, you know, I really thought that they made him a big mistake. Um, and and I think that has now shown to be the case, unfortunately, Andy. Sorry, again, but, Andy? you know...
1: Um, I think there, there's there's rumours going around that we did try to get um, a city from Barcelona, but he turned us down. There, there was talk of this going around. I've seen it on the on Twitter and Facebook that there was that he we did want to get him, but it does struck me a little bit. If you know when we um, going back to Balotelli and Lambert, um, we did try and get Sanchez that summer. We tried to get I think someone else as well. I think it was Loic Remy who failed a medical. So I think also we we got uh, Balotelli late on almost like a desperation signing. And I do feel, that this, especially being on deadline day as well, I do feel these were potentially um, panic buys rather than maybe um, all the injuries forced us to get... We, it turned to a point where we had to get centre-back because we had so many injuries. Um and I do think maybe by then, it was too late. Maybe by then there was no there was no way where they could... Obviously, Mekano um, Mc, um, agreed to join Bayern. And yeah, it's probably just we, we had no one else to choose from that was available. That That's what I think personally.
0: As a Schalke fan, um, I'm disappointed that Kavak went to Liverpool, if I'm being perfectly mm. honest, because I don't mm. think he'll reach his potential there. Um,
1: probably not, especially when um, Gomez and Van Dijk come back as well. He's probably going to play for now, but I can't see him playing, especially how it's gone so far. I can't see him getting a start when we've got like Sir Van Dijk coming back, even Matip, even though he's made of glass, uh, and Joe Gomez as well. Yeah. The, the big question in my mind though is is Van Dijk
2: going to be the same player when he comes back because that's, that's, a, a, big, really that's a big injury thing. Mm. that is
0: a big thing I'll be and that's my big well.
2: worry that's my big worry about the whole thing
0: oftentimes because you don't want to players who yeah. come back from an injury like that aren't who the player they were beforehand yeah. and, no. um, and the other thing is when you weaken a muscle like that it's weakened it's weakened for mm. life it can go mm. again how, how often have you seen a player come back from an ACL injury and then immediately go out for another nine months with exactly the same injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so Ings. Danny Ings. Exactly. Like Ryan Taylor yeah. did that in Newcastle. Um, Absolutely. It's it's happened time and time again. So it'll be interesting to see what Virgil van Dyke we actually see in the Premier League next season. And if he's, well, if he's the same or anywhere near close to the same as the
1: one we've seen for the last few years. Anyway. Did, you, did you guys see there was a um, poundie during the pandemic, the, the lockdown first time I was, we got rid of this um, member of staff. I think he was um, to do with the head of, head of recovery or something. I think we mm-hmm. got rid of this man who was responsible for player recovery. And since he's gone, all these injuries you've had does make you worry about what about that again of him. Maybe that adds some impact towards... Mm all these injuries, because we have be dropping like flies all season. That's never happened throughout the whole time in the Cop, really, these amount of injury, injuries that have happened. So I do worry that maybe that was something that has triggered it.
0: I do think one thing that I would say about um, injuries under Klopp and about Liverpool is you've been you've been playing chicken for about four <laughs> years when it comes yeah. to squad depth. Because <laughs> everyone and their mother could have, has been able to see for the last few years that Liverpool don't have enough squad depth, no, it's been a few years, and that if you get a couple of injuries, it's gonna do your cleaning. Um, mm. as opposed to Mad City, who get a couple of, who, even when they lose the Agueros and Kevin De Bruyne, as have still got top quality replacements for them. You, you haven't had that, no. and finally, this season, you have, have been hit a little bit unlucky, and you have got those injuries, and you have crumbled.
1: Yeah, and even look at Matitya, they got American report mostly on their bench all season, and he's, to yeah. me, one of the best centre-backs in the league. Uh, arguably honest, his day, the only second-best behind Van Dijk, and I do think that shows um, how good they, they've been this season, but also how good their squad is. The fact that they can just have someone like him on the bench, and, and it's fine. And even players like Mares and players like... I was going to yeah, say, that that's yeah. a big one for me,
0: is being able to have the luxury of leaving players like... Uh, Riyad Mahrez, um, Bernardo Silva, mm. Phil Foden, etc., etc., sitting on your bench. Kyle and Walker, obviously, well. Kyle Walker, I'm Rick Laporte, sitting on your bench. That's unbelievable, and that is why Man City are where they are in the league. Mm. Yeah, it's because if when they get those injuries, it doesn't matter because they just <laughs> play. They're just replaced by somebody who's just as good, or maybe just nearly as good. You know what I mean? Like Liverpool get. Uh, injury to Virgil van Dijk And he's replaced by Nat Phillips And Reese uh, Williams You know what I mean It's not the uh, we've been, Everyone's been able to see The issue with Liverpool For a few years And this has been Basically An issue that's been Waiting to come up That everyone's been waiting For Liverpool to come up And see how they dealt with it And finally it's happened this season And he's appeared for it mm. uh, so, what yeah. do you, so in the summer Squad depth has to be the key Absolutely Absolutely I couldn't agree more Anyway we're going to move on To another injury hit team um, That's my team Newcastle United At the moment yeah. Alan Sett-Maximin Callum Wilson And Miguel Almiron Are all on the treatment table um, As well as various others Emil Kraft Javi uh, Mankio And uh, Isaac Hayden I believe who has been playing with an ankle injury For a few games if um, According to Steve Bruce today uh, Newcastle have a favourable Runner of fixtures coming up Steve uh, I called you Steve again Luke But um, how much of an impact do you think um, those three injuries, Maxi Wilson and Miggy, will have on the team um, in the upcoming games?
2: Well, what I could do is first of all answer it like Steve, and then I'll answer it like myself. That's okay. to pretend to be Steve for a while. Go well, uh, I think, uh, I think, I think Newcastle are doomed. Actually, uh, I think they're the worst team I've ever seen in my entire life. They're <laughs> even worse than Partick Thistle. I can't believe they're in the Premier League. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Even Sunderland are better. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right, so that's Steve's answer. That. Right. I think that's a bit harsh, but... Seems Go away Steve.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Steve. is going to kill me, by the way, so
0: he is. I can tell you his response to what you've just said right now. His response will be, pick a Wendy Campbell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> or can you sew, stitch this? <laughs> um but, <laughs> um I think this is a big concern for, for Newcastle. I think I think Almiron in particular and, and Wilson are the two guys that you really don't want to lose because they've both been mm. I mean, when you watch the games, Wilson's been really good. Almiron I think is brilliant actually. I really I love really Miguel
0: Amor. Like I rate him
2: really highly high. because not not only is he a really talented player, but he's got the work rate as well. And, and in, every, really in every
0: game he in, in every game he plays, yeah. he runs further than any other player on the pitch by a distance. <laughs>
2: And, and you need that, you know, you need you need players who are willing to, to really just run through the brick walls for you. And I really think he's a big loss. Um, and Vincent Maxim's a, a really good player as well. So, I, 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 you know, I think I think if you're losing three really good attacking talents and you're already struggling to score goals, then that is a big, big red flag already, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's scary times and yeah, I you think- could be dragged into this, couldn't you? Easily. We yeah, yeah. at
0: the moment we are. I think we. I don't think it's even a case of being dragged into it. I think we're already very much in the thick of it. Um, we're sitting 17, three points above Fulham. Fulham have an yeah. utterly appalling run of fixtures. Let's be honest, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at the same time, it is squeaky bum time for us. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I'm not liking about this injury crisis situation is that a lot of um, like media reports and a lot of analysts seem to be using it as a way mm-hmm. to give Steve Bruce a free ride. <laughs> um, yeah. To say, oh, what's he supposed to do? All of his best players are out injured, blah, 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 blah. Miguel Almiron, for that 12-game run or so that we went without winning a game, Miguel Almiron was available for every single one of those games and yeah. didn't play him in a couple of them and played him out of position in most of them. Yeah, yeah. It's taken Steve Bruce 18 months to figure out Miguel Almeron's best position, to Miguel Almeron's natural position and where he's effective on it. And even then, that happened the day after Graham Jones was appointed. So something tells me Steve Bruce didn't figure that out. Uh, A certain ex-Luton manager figured that out. I think so. It's it's a little bit ridiculous. I don't think... um, I, I just... I just think that this is a situation that yes, it's bad, and yes, Steve Bruce is hamstrung a little bit by the injuries to the team, but it's not an excuse to let him off the hook for basically what has been an absolutely horrid season for us so far because we are far, far, far better than where we're sitting in the Premier League table right now. Andy,
1: yeah, I think the, the, the three players that missing absolutely crucial to this team because if you look at the top scorers for Newcastle, uh, Wilson's top with ten goals. Almiron's next with five. Next best is three d goals for Joe Linton. And then the fourth best is St. Maximum. Um, and I think even the assists, looking at assists, Wilson's top assist maker. Almiron's second most assist for Newcastle in the league. And then St. Maximin's also got the same amount as Almiron. So I do think this shows, again, how crucial these three yeah. players are. I think every Newcastle game you see they, they win a game. It's at least a goal from one of those three players. It's always if you cast a win, it's down to those three players. I mean you can get a one 0 win maybe with Kieran Clark or Fernandez or something, but most of the time if, if you cast a winning a game, it's down to um it's, it's down to those three players. And I think yeah. um Callum Wilson I think he, he's guaranteed goals wherever he goes in the, in the Premier League. Um, and I think Almiron's just his, his creativity
0: is Callum Wilson is the best twenty million pounds this club has spent since retired
1: we Michael Owen.
0: Michael Owen is a scumbag, so uh, we'll just we'll not talk about that. Since Alan Shearer, of yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: since Alan Shearer retired, or since Mike Ashley came in, um, that Callum Wilson, twenty million we spent on Callum Wilson, best twenty million the clubs ever spent, um, well in that period at least. Uh, he's just next level. He's the goals he provides. Um, the way he plays, he's just everything at the team and please get that out of my face because that is an <laughs> awful, awful serve. <so. laughs> uh,
2: Andy's showing Michael Lewin shirt and uh, <laughs> obviously Taunton Keirin, which I think is, is grounds for a red card in itself, actually. I think <laughs> that could be a, an ejection. I think that's grounds
0: for a sportsman timeout. Like <laughs> I know, I
1: know, that I is the um, first-ever timeout <laughs> to
0: Oh, it's. I think you should just burn it. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a, not a big fan of that, mate. But um, just bringing it back to the tune. Um, I think one of the big things that we've got is Callum Wilson shouldn't be out for that much longer. His hamstring um issue should it shouldn't keep him out for that much longer. I would expect him to be back by the end of this month at the very latest. Um. But there's another man who has kind of flown a little bit under the radar this year. He's had a couple of injuries, um, but at times he showed flashes of what he can do. Um, and that's Ryan Fraser, who we know from having watched him at Bournemouth for a few years, is a very, very talented footballer. And I think over the next few weeks, while well, we're missing those key players, Ryan Fraser really, really, really needs to step up to the mark and earn his paycheck because of late, he, well, so yeah, far this season, what we've got from him
2: hasn't been enough. Definitely not. Definitely not. And he's somebody that could make a difference for you. I mean, he's 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 a, a very, very good player. Um I I didn't like what he did to Bournemouth with last year though. That that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit still. Yeah, bit. I still don't like that much. I think that's pretty scummy to yeah, sort I agree. of, you know. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I. but but he's a talented, talented player. Um, so you know, hopefully he can do something to help Newcastle because, like I mentioned, I do have a bit of a soft spot for them. So I sort of do hope they make it. You know, um, and sorry to my friend Gordon if he's listening because he's a massive Fulham fan, and uh, I've been to see Fulham a few times as well. So it's kind of I've got like a soft spot, but every team except Arsenal actually is it Spurs <laughs> probably. That's I think it.
0: it's just I'm, do you know what it is? The thing is, <laughs> is everyone seems to be peddling this notion that it's either us or Fulham who go down this season yeah. in that eighteenth place. But it's really tight Like we're on the same points As Brighton now. I think Burnley Are only one or two ahead So By the way Yeah both are Both are sliding Down the way Instead of up the way You absolutely. know Absolutely It could
1: easily I think, be, You know I think Brighton Are going down myself I, that's, that's what I think I think well, Actually If
0: you had your horses If you hold on That leads me Nice and perfectly Into a segue Into oh. the next question Which oh, is nice. That nice Brighton work. and Hove Albion Brighton and Hove Albion They get a lot of praise For the way they play All right Um but at the minute, as I've just mentioned, they're set at the same points total as Newcastle and are therefore very much in the midst of a relegation battle. Is there something of an urban myth around Brighton and how good of a
1: team they are, Andy? Um, I need to be slightly careful because I might be going to university there. Um, however... That top top scorer It's was fine. It's goals. where it, The idea to where I went to university. It's fine. That's where I got my <laughs> degree. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> oh god. Well, looking at here. Like their goals and assists. Like McAllister's, their second top scorer was three, and Mowpies only got seven. So uh, the goals is it's been an issue. I think all season they play all this nice football. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, I, I think they're that that they're, they're, they're no, they're not getting the goals that a team needs to stay up. And I, I don't think they're good enough defensively to stay up either, so I do worry uh, about them. Um, I mean, we look at the um, the Palace game with the Benteke. last think that was sort of a typical game of someone who goes down, a team that gets all the chances and they can't get the win. I think these kind of those kind of losses. and I think that also, yeah, I think for things like that, I think results like that do show for me that that is sort of the sign of teams that are in a relegation fight that they they just lose games that they should be winning. And I think coming into the season, that can be a huge sort of. Um, That could be a huge game in terms of how how the season ends because results like that are so crucial towards the end of the season. Luke, if you look at the league table, um,
0: Brighton have five wins this season. Um, Only the three teams in the relegation zone have less. Um, But then if you switch to social media and you scroll through social media, you'll see posts of um, people morphing Graham Potter with... Pep Guardiola and people likening Graham Potter to to these great managers, the likes of Guardiola and uh, Rodgers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do you think that as a community, as a footballing community, we put too much stock into teams who play passing football, possession based football, and we basically focus too much on the possession stat and not enough on the point stat and the goal score.
2: That that is a very good question, actually. And I would sort of say objection leading the witness
0: <laughs> sustained.
2: <laughs> um, you, you, you do have a good point there, actually, because I think you know, I think I think people do look at the way that Brighton in particular play and they play some nice football. They, they are attractive. Interestingly, I was looking at the table and actually their goal difference is quite a bit better than than the rest of them. And that might be the yeah. thing that saves them actually overall. Um, but yeah it, do you know what? i think i think for example big sam got pelters because nobody liked his with the team is the way his teams played football but they got results and he and he kept them up um, the same goes for tony Poulis. you know you could you could pretty much argue that everybody hated the way his team played
0: but it but worked they the, the, he, the, he
2: didn't but applaud it though
0: so, you but know <laughs> those two those two systems worked what we're saying is mm-hmm. people absolutely lord these teams who yeah. play this great football, and yes, it's brilliant to watch, and yes, yeah. it's lovely to see this nice, crisp, mm. slick passing, but it's not working. It's not actually effective. I They've know. won five games all season. I know. And do you know what they said? The same thing about Arsenal when
2: when Arsenal weren't winning stuff, and they were going, "Oh, but we, we, you know." And to be fair, yes, Wenger had a lot of good stuff, but you know, at the same time, he wasn't achieving it. You know, and and this is the thing. You do have to balance the attractive football with actually achieving stuff and achieving your aims. And, and it's all well and good to play attractive football, but if you're going to get relegated, it's going to be for nothing.
0: Sometimes um, you just need so, a little bit of pragmatism, don't you? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely do. You know, football's a, a results-driven business, and, and ultimately that is what it's going to come down to. And do you know what? I, I do genuinely feel a little bit for the teams that are going down. Um, I feel for Scott Parker, actually, because he's obviously been thrown in a bit at the deep end and, and he, I think his teams do try and play some positive football but it won't be enough because they there's not got enough quality um, and I am genuinely worried for Newcastle I've got to be honest Kieran, sorry I really am No, no um, and i,
0: I a okay to too, see man. it happen
2: really hate to see it happen but I think I could see it easily happening unfortunately so it's I interesting i get used to it to be honest it's interesting yeah it's, it's a really we could talk about this all night about the you know the difference between good football managers and guys that get results and what the differences are Andy what do you think?
1: Yeah I think this is definitely sort of the issue with things like the Barcelona team back in, early te- in the early 2010s and things like that, mm. I think teams now view it as some badge of honour that they have to play nice football possession nice. football, you see all these teams trying to play out from the back and just playing really risky stuff sometimes and really putting your heart in your mouth. Um, I do think sometimes I think we all saw slate people like Big Sam and Tony Peters for playing negative football but at the end of the day if you're winning games, that's all you care about, really. That's all you like to me. At the end of the day, you can play nice football all you want, but at the end of the day, the most important thing you should get from a game is, is the three points. I don't, I don't care how you win, I don't care, even for Liverpool, I don't care how we win as long as we win the game. I don't care whether we have the most boring game and win 1-0 or we grind out at 2-1. I think, in the end of the day, if uh, football is a results-driven, but results-driven sort
0: of sport, yeah. like any sport, so I
1: do, I, I do think that team should, I think as well, like not every team can play, like I think. Um there's a great quote from Shu Jordi. I think it's was about a team a few years ago where you can't teach a pig to bark. It's like some teams you just can't get into play nice football. And I think that as well. Yeah, I, I think, I think like-
0: honestly, mate, I agree to an extent because I know this might sound like I'm countering my own point here, but just to sort of play a little bit sort of devil's <laughs> advocate to myself and to this conversation as a whole. I, and there is an argument that um, it shouldn't just be all about results and that at the end of the day, football and sport as a whole is a part of the entertainment industry. Um, and games where teams play this boring defensive football and grind out 1-0 wins, while yes, great, you might be getting the point, it's terrible to watch and it isn't entertaining and it's not, it's not actually entertainment, which football is supposed to be which is why this like attractive slick passing football is always so very popular with fans and stuff but yeah I think at the same time there's the sort of a balance to it because you do often get teams like Brighton who are lauded for the way they play to the point where I actually did see somebody bring up some sort of really obscure like expected points stat or something mm. today and the graphic was Graham Potter unzipped to reveal Pep Guardiola for a team who currently sits 16th in the Premier League and are three points above the relegation zone with five wins to the name all season it it starts to become a little bit like a cult at times this obsession over um, this beautiful way of playing and like, like, say, while whilst I get it, and while I do get it, there's 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 a fine line between, um, like overplaying and like uh, Andy says, teaching a pig to bark, as it were. Um, I just think it's a bit of a strange situation. But who out of Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, and Burnley do we actually think will go down, Luke? Fulham, still. Yeah, you're gonna stick with Fulham. Uh, I think Andy,
1: so. Who do you think? Yeah. I- I think, um, for me, I I, I think Brighton. Um, I, I think, for me, I think that's who I think. But some part of me is very, very unlikely. but some part of me still thinks that Big Sam can put off some miracle. I, I I don't know what it is. It's probably not going to happen. They're quite far behind now. But the nine, I, I the nine
0: points back with 11 games left. It's not happening,
1: mate. Don't worry. I, I, don't we, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Some part of me is... Pro- give it a few more games but i, I think there's still a chance that he, yeah. he could put off some great escape don't but...
0: worry mate he'll quit be he'll quit with about five or six games to go to him uh, to like just make <laughs> that record of never having been relegated.
1: <laughs> that is clever I, I never thought of that yeah that's <laughs> that's, me, that.
0: A, that's the only reason he's that's the only reason he's never been relegated because he just gets sacked before he gets relegated <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, all right boys Uh Moving on to a question that I know Luke is going to absolutely love, so you best perk those ears up, you boy. <laughs> uh, looking at the Premier League table, Arsenal are sat in 10th position, around about where they've been most of the season. Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty topsy turvy season for them. But, Luke, are Arsenal now just a mid table Premier League club? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking off the but <laughs> taking off the goggles of bias there and looking at it as just a, a neutral pundit, are Arsenal still one of this um this elusive top six like this big six clubs or are they just a mid table Premier League club now?
2: They're certainly in danger of becoming that. I I would say they probably are at the moment actually because they don't have the money to spend either. Um, so so they'd have to spend a lot of money to break back into that top six again. Because the, the team's decent, but it's not anything special, you know. No. Um, so so really, the I think to all intents and purposes, I don't think my bet with the you know at the start of the season that we made is in any danger of coming true. Let's just put it <laughs> that way. So I'm quite relieved about that as well. I don't but, think um, it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I was worried for a little while. I, I won't lie to you. I, I was worried for a little while, and I thought, oh, oh. but um, do you know what? They're they they're average. Bang average, really. When it comes to it, um, well, you, that's, your, your mate Andy's going to be raging about this, but really, that's the truth. Yeah, it?
1: sorry, Ryan, if you're listening, I'm really sorry, but um, I don't <laughs> think be, But I think there may be like a seventh or eighth I don't think there'll ever be a. But so is, is that
0: not mid? Is that not mid table? Would you not class that as mid table? If you're not, I'd if you're seventh he, or eighth, then you're not in
1: Europe. Then you're in mid table, but you're not. I'd say also, you're the, um, Europa League contenders. That that should be their that should be their um title. But yeah,
0: let's let's define mid table first. I would define it as you're not in the top six. You're not qualifying for Europe. You're not having to look behind you and worry about relegation. You're a mid table club. Would you? Yeah, I.
1: I'd say is you're nowhere near challenging yeah. European football. You're nowhere near being relegated. Basically, anyone who plays games towards March of May, that mean absolutely nothing and they're playing mm-hmm. just, just for fun. I think those kind of games, mm-hmm. you're playing those kind of games, I think you're mid-table club. But, yeah, I mean, Arsenal, this season, it's looking like
0: that's going to be Arsenal. Um, Even if you just look at their form, the last six games, draw, loss, loss, win, loss, win. It's bang average. And they have been, and they've been like that all season. Like they currently, sit, right. they mm.
1: currently
0: sit on eleven wins, four draws, eleven losses. Again, yeah. bang average. They're on yeah. thirty-seven points, bang average. Like they're just an average team. Every stat, every stat has been
2: pretty much fifty percent. You know the rest of the league. So you know, I think that's the thing. What, what can you say that makes you any special? You're, you're not anything special at the minute if you're a national an fan, and you've got to sort of recognise that. That it's going to take a few years of rebuilding to get back up. It and is. That's the reality of it, isn't it?
0: Is Mikel Arteta the man who's going to rebuild Arsenal into the top four force that they once were? Will he do I that? don't think so. I, I find it interesting that he's been linked to the Barcelona job this, um, mm. this last week, given that, um, well, he's not exactly setting the world alight in North London. This is it. This is it. It's
2: they must see something we don't. But then, do you know he passes, passes because he passes, because his team passes the ball a
0: lot. Is so our well. skin though? Maybe nobody else wants the job. I, I think, think I, I, I would. What I would say on that rumor, by the way, <laughs> just before just before we go any further, is that that sounds to me like paper talk because you've got some sort of, some journalist somewhere has looked at Mikel Arteta and got he plays possession based football. He used to be Guardiola's assistant. Let's link Spanish, it? Yeah. And
2: he's yeah, Spanish. to yeah. the let's think of the Barça job. Yeah. By the way, and I love Mikel Arteta. He was a fantastic player, and um, really, really fantastic player. Uh, you know, I always thought he was great. I always thought he was going to do well. I just don't know if he's going to be an Arsenal's man.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, mate, Andy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust that basketball at all. Anything. I, I mean, the fact that he not only signed Martin Braithwaite, but also gave him the number nine shirt—that a- said. <laughs> <laughs> that just send me. gives me red flags about that, their ball, how that club's run. <laughs> I don't think, I think, I,
0: don't think uh, I mean, I, 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 weirdly, I don't think shirt numbers mean quite as much to the Spanish as they do us. Um, clearly, can say that, but the clearly. thing is, you hear that, and the man scored a 95th minute winner to put Arsenal through to the uh, Arsenal Barcelona through to the Copa del Rey final. The other day. That that true. Game that's that true. But
2: I think he must have burnt the negatives as well. If he got the number nine shirt, he must have had negatives of the, you know, the chief guys up to stuff. I don't know. It's it was a, that that whole. They paid story. a lot of money for him. They paid a whole load of money, and it was a whole yes. candle at the time because because it was an emergency signing. It was, signing.
0: An it was yeah, out of transfer window emergency yeah. signing. So they overpaid yeah. for him, and it should never have happened anyway because they took a fellow Absolutely. La Liga teams star player. Halfway through the season, just to leave him on the bench. (laughs) It was was just utterly criminal what Barcelona did. No wonder the big two in in, um, Spanish football are hated by the rest. No
2: wonder.
0: Uh, It's it's mental, (laughs) honestly. I I, I still think that whole situation (laughs) was just ridiculous. Anyway, um, moving on. Arsenal are a mid-table club. So, Andy, what was your friend's name? Uh, Ryan. Unlucky Ryan. Your team are... Just average now, mate.
2: Ryan, I'm sorry, but I'm not really.
0: Yeah, we're not sorry. We're not sorry. We don't like your team, Andy. We're being a bit harsh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, moving on. He's um, be,
0: isn't he? he's yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna. Um, he always says to me, "Oh, I hate all the Arsenal slander on this podcast." So, um, yeah, he, he, he's not gonna like this at all.
2: Don't tell him where I live, right? Please. Yeah. Honestly.
1: He lives in the Isle of Man, Ryan. He lives in the Isle of Man. <laughs> What's that? You're just
0: uh, you just a crap team in Tottenham. Is that what it's that's the... <laughs>
1: his postcode is um I M am... five <laughs> <laughs> That's it, that's it. Anyway,
0: uh, moving Love on
1: He lives <laughs> <laughs> uh, in too harsh place.
2: <laughs> <The team. laughs> that's Steve's house by the way <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're next door <laughs> next door that's it anyway moving on
0: boys right this weekend we've got some tasty action on the cards as Manchester City and Manchester United face off in a cross-town derby meanwhile Chelsea and Everton will battle it out for fourth position at Stamford Bridge where Liverpool are offered a great chance to end their losing run at Anfield as Fulham come to town by the way Andy if your team lose that I will hate you forevermore. just <laughs> well, I can't guarantee anything at the moment. <laughs> if you lose that, then you are you're not invited to next week's podcast. Just <laughs> anyway, and finally, Newcastle United travel to the Hawthorns to face 19th place West Bromwich Albion. Um, we'll do a few predictions, lads. Um, so we'll start with the Manchester Derby. I'll go Luke and Andy for each other uh, for each of the games. Um, I just need a prediction and justify it essentially. Um. Luke, Manchester City two, City 2 nothing. Easy, easy, easy.
2: Nothing. Man <laughs> I've not got enough to offer you
0: in, a, in an attacking sense to hurt
2: nah, Man City? Nah, City, City will beat them easy.
1: Fair enough. Andy? I think Manu will score, but I'm going for 3 1. I think that City will dominate the game. Man will either maybe go 1 0 up or maybe get a consolation goal. But I think City are going to absolutely dominate this game. In in every in every sort of aspect, so I do think that you'll win this game comfortably. But I do think, man, you're going to get either a goal to scare them for a little bit or a consolation goal at the end.
0: I think Manchester United absolutely love spoiling the party. As it looks, over the years, historically, they love being the party pooper. So it would not surprise me for one minute. If Man you, win this game one nil, two nil, one nil or two one or something like that, and just just sneak a win just to end this uh, end this winning run, just to continue their reputation as party poopers. Um, but I do think I am going to uh, back a Man City win. But let's not. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if United do it anyway. Um, Luke, Chelsea, Evan, two one
2: to Chelsea. Timo Werner to score the goals that are going to matter. See, see, Timo Werner's going to go back in form again. Scored a great goal last night. He uh, did, did, and it was massively (laughs) unfortunate on him. His armpit was offside. (laughs) The thing was, he he actually had a fantastic game. He terrorised the the defence, actually, and, and I think he's going to hit a scoring run, and that's why I picked him on the fantasy team for about eight weeks, and he's not done it. So, come on, this is the week. Come on.
0: Just on that offside last night, Bianca Westwood of Sky Sports News tweeted something that I really liked um, about that situation. And that was, if you have to draw lines to figure out if he's onside or offside, he's onside. Just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree t- I would agree with that, by the way. totally.
1: Mm. Uh, Andy? I think this is going to be Chelsea going to win 2-0. Uh, I think it'll be a Jorginho penalty. And I think Mason Mount will score again. Hopefully, he doesn't repeat the celebration from yesterday because that was a horrible <laughs> one to watch. That celebration he did. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, I, I think Tush will, I think they'll be, they'll be defensively um, sort of, they'll, they'll defend well. And I think that um, Everton will struggle to sort of break them down. And I think Chelsea will win this one come to be 2 0.
0: Yeah, looking at the, just quickly looking at the league table there, Chelsea are a pint ahead of Everton and Chelsea are in fourth, Everton in fifth. Uh, Everton have a deep game deep. in hand. As well, so that is a huge game. Um, if Chelsea win, then it basically covers off the game in hand, and Chelsea will remain a fourth mm-hmm. no matter what been doing that came in hand. Mm-hmm. But if Everton win that game, um, and then when they came in hand, they could be five points clear of Chelsea within a couple of weeks. Yeah. It wouldn't happen though, it wouldn't this- happen. Never know though. It could be it, it, Everton could be looking just rosy for that uh, that top four spot. I did have a question about that about that, but um, I did cut it out for uh, time purposes. So we'll talk maybe more about Everton a bit next week. Um, fan, you will find a way to mess it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: maybe the pass and the bottle Has mental under uh, the red side of Merseyside. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the red side of Merseyside, uh, look Liverpool Fulham.
2: Three one Liverpool. Because I just, just think that I think I, I just think they'll score a few goals. Fulham will get one back. I, I just think they'll be too good for for uh, Fulham. I can't I can't see Fulham causing them any real surprises I, unless Fulham score first and then just park the bus completely utterly. That's the only other thing I could see happening. Yeah. Uh, so you never know. So three one or one 0
0: <laughs> Fair enough, Addy?
1: They um did give us trouble when we played at Craven Cottage. I think it was a 1-1. Uh, yeah. I do think we will win this game. Uh, I think we'll try and get back, I think, like like we did against Sheffield United. So I'm going for same scoreline as Sheffield United. I'm going to go for 2-0. Fair enough.
0: Fairly conservative prediction I'd probably go with you, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Luke, West Brom, Newcastle.
2: Ooh, by the way, that is actually a really hard one to call because... Big Sam will have them up for it. There's no question. I, and I just, I'm struggling to see where a goal's coming from. I'm going to go and, I'm going to go nothing each, actually. Do you know that? Because I think, I think that is a
0: sensible prediction on
1: that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Adi, Uh
1: I've gone for a draw, but 1 1. I think that, I think we'll see something like a header from someone like, um, Carl Bartley or someone like Jamal Lassells or something. I, I, I think, be it a draw beer. I think it'll be an awful game to watch, but I do think it will be, um, I think,
0: 1-1. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. I think it will be a draw. Um, it'll either be 0-0 or 1-1, probably. Mm. Um, probably 0-0. I think it's going to be crap. Or we'll lose 1-0 and it'll just be, mm. like, painful. But then again, most of our games are painful at the moment, so, you know, it'll mm. be, nothing, be nothing new. Anyway, Amazon Prime have the uh, the privileges of hosting, uh, hosting <laughs> that one at the weekend, so,
1: you know. not sure privilege is the word you'd use, is that?
0: <laughs> hmm. if you've got if you don't have an Amazon Prime subscription I probably wouldn't bother starting one for that anyway <laughs> Burnley Arsenal me oh Burnley
2: 5-0 <laughs> <laughs> in my head at least uh, no do you know what I might actually I'm going to take Burnley 1-0 as a bit of a shocker Ooh. Burnley are fighting and I think they might just uh, do a Sean show on them and just turn it turn it around. Yeah there you but, go but, on, brave. They have been
0: a bit tragic of late, but um yeah, yeah. I, honestly what that's one of those results where if it happens I'll just be like, yeah, not really a surprise. Uh, so imagine if Burnley did win five 0 by the way, you would not be able to get me speaking the whole next board because it'd be too busy laughing. <laughs> i just <be> like oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Andy I'm going for the opposite. I'm going for three 0 Arsenal. William Pepe Bamiang I think Woody I think and, they'll um, I Woody
0: think
1: they'll did... really yeah I, I think the, the way they played against Leicester they, they showed some sign that they can they can get a win and they can play well so I, I do think they'll they'll back this up with another win uh, I think I, think, I they'll think they'll score early and then they'll just they'll just win get two goals in the second half but I do yeah that, that, that's, that's what I think Three no Arsenal
0: yeah and Arsenal should be fresher than Burnley as well because they did not have a midweek fixture this week Burnley did so uh, yeah yeah It'll be interesting. All right, next game is Sheffield United versus Southampton, Luke.
2: Southampton won nothing
1: to turn around their uh, terrible runner for. form. Fair enough. Andy? I think uh, 3-1 Southampton. I do think that um, maybe someone like I think Danny Ingers will get a goal, definitely. Um, hopefully Ward-Prowse, my fancy team. Uh, and then maybe someone such as, maybe someone like Random like janepo or someone will get a goal
0: mm. you got Mister Janepo My winger on my FIFA I'm FIFA career mode Anyway um, <laughs> I actually did also want to talk a little bit about Southampton today But again that's another one um, That mm. I haven't cut out so maybe another one for next week's podcast um, Luke Villa Wolves Bit of a Midlands derby there 2-1 mm.
2: Wolves 2-1 Wolves
0: Actually, should be quite a quite a big game because that is um mm. it is a bit of a derby that this isn't it is it is yeah. I think I think Wolves um I think I might be right in saying Wolves and West Brom are bigger yeah yeah, are, uh, yeah. bigger rivals and Villa, and Villa Birmingham obviously but um <laughs> I, I I can't imagine there's too much love between those two clubs so it should be yeah, quite a feisty game it. Andy
1: I think two one but I think it's gonna be Villa that win this one I found this one the hardest to choose out of all of them I found this I found this one the hardest to predict. Uh, I think mm. both teams think Wolves haven't been as good this season but I do think they're capable of of winning games such as this um, but I, I do think um, even though Jack Grealish may not play I still have faith in the likes of um, of like say like Matt Target to get the balls in and people even people such as John McGinn or something like that so I, I do think um, that better win 2-1 maybe so maybe El Ghazi will get the winner with five minutes left that's, that's what I'm going to go for
0: yeah. fair enough mate. Um Look, Brighton Leicester.
2: Leicester 2-0. <laughs> Leicester are on a good run for him. I think we'll beat them
0: easy.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Andy. Uh, 2-1. I think Bison will score again. A bit similar to Manny Matity. I think Bison will either take the lead or get a consolation goal. Um I, I think Leicester wins two one. Um I'm trying to think who I think is gonna score. Um I a bit rogue. I'm gonna go for um Yunku and Ndidi to get the goals.
0: I think maybe we should um you two should put um like a correct score bet on each of these games and see who does the best. Oh could be <laughs> worth a go. Anyway. It. <laughs> next up is Spurs Palace. Spurs two one. Just had just too much for them. I think so. I think so.
2: Although Spurs have been a bit patchy, I think I think they'll have enough to beat uh, Palace. Palace have been pretty dreadful the last few weeks. So, yeah, I think that's 2-1.
0: Sports. Fair enough. Andy?
1: I think Palace vs zahara are a totally different team and I think Spurs are going to absolutely walk the team. I think this will be the most comfortable game out of all of them. Uh, I think Spurs will win 3-0. Um, Lucas Moura will get a 2, I reckon. And then I'm going to go for um, go for Harry Kane
0: Fair enough. Uh, last game is West Ham versus Leeds Luke 5-0 <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know um, you can never get you I can never tell the Leeds games can you
2: 2-1 West Ham 2-1 West Ham I think it might even be 3-2 well, let's go three two West Ham actually because I think it might be a five goal for the left. There you go.
0: Yeah, well, I mean West Ham are still sitting sixth. So um uh, mm. mm. never know. Andy.
1: I've gone for the exact same scoreline. I've gone for three two West Ham as well. I think Leeds will get goals. Like to so Rafini and Bamford may get a couple of goals. And I think West Ham Lingard's gonna at least score one and then the other two up for grabs. Ben Rama, maybe.
0: I could do with Bamford getting a goal for me. fantasy team. It's quite same, close in my league. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite close <laughs> in my league. But while we're on the topic of fantasy, can I just bring up the fact that I am over 100 points in lead in our fantasy Oh, group? man.
2: Honestly, my team is going down their tubes quicker than <laughs> Arsenal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can I just say to Mesut, uh, there? Um I've got the and Stones in my team, to so stop playing the port, please.
0: <laughs> well, you got two defenders from the same team. That seems brilliant. And Edison as well. I've got so the really
1: like, fantasy
2: team. It it was, my fantasy team as well.
1: I, I you everything.
0: know what it is, just do I I I normally just try and stay away from man city players because you just never know yeah. who's gonna play. I have to be fair, I have two. Um I have Ruben Diaz and I just literally tonight put in uh Ilkai again because Harvey Barnes is injured. But uh, yeah, I think City Players if a little FPL tip before we go tonight. Don't pick city players because you just don't know who's going to start. It's bloody half.
1: He's the only one that's guaranteed. I
0: think at the minute, Edison, um, Diaz, Gundogan, and like probably Sterling are the only ones you can pretty much safely say will probably be in the team um, each week. Um, Maybe not Sterling, but the others, I think so. Um, Anyway. That is all we've got time for to do. So do be sure to tune in again next week when we'll be back to debate another week of football headlines from around the Premier League and beyond. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you then.